This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. What's up, everybody? It is Jeff for a race recap version of the Hooniverse podcast. It's been a little while since we've done one of these. Uh, Duncan, thank you for making some time. Uh, you're a busy man these days. Yes, my pleasure. Uh, found a, a little bit of time when the baby's asleep, and I don't need to be prepping a bottle, so <laughs> happy to be able to make it in. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can't do this without you because you're the one who actually knows about motorsports. Um, I just like to pretend that I do. Um, but... We've missed a lot of racing. I mean, we'll be honest right out of the gate. We've missed a lot. But, well, I mean, we haven't missed it. We just haven't spoken about no, it. No, the racing has missed us, though. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. There's a lot that's gone down without without us touching on it. Um, we've missed some indie races. Indy, the 500, which I guess is an important one on the calendar. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> kind of a big deal. Uh, they've, they've done it almost 100 times before, <laughs> right. and now they've done it 100 times. And Alexander Rossi won his first IndyCar race. Which is pretty amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's, you know, there's, he, he, didn't, he didn't win it from the front, and he kind of came out of nowhere for, for most of us who were watching. Right. Uh, but he, he and uh, Brian Herta played the strategy to, perfe- to perfection, and he did a hell of a job. Yeah, they did and, fuel, right? They just they yeah, played yeah, the fuel they, game. They, they stretched fuel like, uh, like nobody's business. He was coasting down the straightaways in that last lap. <laughs> I think the last lap he did was like an average of 169 or 179 instead of, you know, what are they, 210. 230? Okay, 210. <laughs> so, so He's yeah. just saved. Am- That's crazy. Amazing job. Uh, big congrats uh, to him and, and his family and the whole team. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a big one. And, and it seems like uh, – it seems like – American open wheel motorsports fans want to see him do really well just yeah. because of where he can go. Yeah, absolutely. He's got he's a great driver uh and he's still really young. He started when he was super young um I think 13 when he first got into cars. Um and it, he's kind of in a weird position because he's been this up and comer young American, but he's done nearly all of his career in Europe. So he's not that known because most americans aren't actually watching gp2 let right. alone gp3 and F3 come to my house we watch party at 3 a.m to watch race it's very good my friend yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and so while he's had a lot of success over there um meanwhile I, I think sorry meanwhile people, meanwhile our motorsports uh editor is probably like uh i watch that shit fuck you but sorry go ahead <laughs> sorry bradley yeah yeah so uh you know most most americans who know who knew about him before he right. went indie knew him from his handful of formula one starts uh, last year and you know that's that was great and he did, did an awesome job but it's not like he uh was coming up really in the public eye in the u.s as far as uh racing goes but hopefully he'll uh be able to be running at the front a bunch this year I mean, big, I mean, big asks. Though. Yeah, when you when you get to chug that milk, though, it's you're now known for the U.S. You should be known. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. His uh, his stock has gone way way up. Yeah. Um, now, uh, Indies also run. Would they run two races in Detroit? Two at races Isle? in Detroit. Um, always interesting. Always brutal. It's a tough course, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's very. It's got a lot of fast elements for a street track. 
not fast like uh, Baku, which we'll get to. But right. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's it's tight. It's a much it's much faster and more flowing in, in sections than a place like Long Beach, which is more traditional as far as a street track goes. Like but, hard rights, hard yeah, laps. yeah, all all ninety degree corners right. for the most part. Detroit has a lot of stuff that's pretty fast no matter where you are, let alone when you're between walls. But the big thing there is the bumps because it's basically all concrete. And it's uh, it's not quite Sebring bad in terms say, of the yeah, old Sebring but, of the North, but, but yeah, it, it's uh, it's a lot closer to that than it is to a typical F one venue. So running two races there uh, in one weekend in cars like that is absolutely brutal. Does uh d- does the Pirelli calendar, the W PWC calendar, go there too? Traditionally, yes, but not this year. Okay, this this year uh, they went to Lime Rock the week right. before, and they were in Most Sport the week before that, right. and doing three races back to back was uh was not going to work so um but we had been there every year i ran world challenge we raced there until okay. this year now I, I you touch on lime rock i wanted to bring that up because uh, i mean something insane went down at lime rock the accident um jorge de la torre is out it's good nobody i mean maybe and if you've heard something you don't have to say but they there's been no news of andy palmer yeah it's uh Everything's been very tight-lipped uh, on that front as far as Andrew goes, and um, I don't have any inside information, but uh, obviously things are very serious. Right. Um, and the whole accident itself is still a bit mysterious to right. uh, a lot of us because it, it it sounded like it should have probably been a freak accident, that it wasn't two cars coming together, you know, just in sort of a lapping traffic sort of thing. It was right. something, something went down uh, for sure. But uh, I don't have any details of at course, all. Of course, of course. Um, and people are speculating mechanical failure on one or the other car or something. I mean, my understanding of, of the incident where um, Jorge's car was stationary in the runoff, I don't, I can't imagine Andrew hitting it, hitting the Aston Martin at the speed he must have hit it at if there wasn't some sort of a failure or, or there was fluid down or something. He, he's just, he, he, he wouldn't have done that for right. no reason. And he's a young guy, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's very young. He's had a lot of success already. Came yeah. out of came out of carts and, and kind of jumped right into some pretty big cars and and had some uh, some good success in, in Lamborghinis and Audis over here and then moving to <clears throat> moving to Europe and then uh, coming back to World Challenge and uh, you know hopefully he'll, uh, yeah. he'll pull through. Right. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully we hear something soon, positive. Um, but uh, getting away from that, um, we. Um, while we were away, too, F1 ran Monaco, which I guess is a big race on their calendar. Uh, <laughs> yes, also a big deal. The biggest day in racing with, right. uh, with Indy and Monaco and, and uh, the Coca-Cola 600, Something? I think. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know about Some that. Some kind of race with stock cars, I believe they yeah. use. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I kid. For those of you NASCAR fans out there, I, I've been in a, in a, in a high-level nascar team shop and it's fucking fascinating and i don't like nascar the shop was amazing it was like a nasa grade level shop for four different drivers it was it was a the hendrix shop it was incredible um but still whatever <laughs> yeah so um yeah i don't i don't talk about nascar because i don't know about nascar right. all the respect in the world for those guys but there's plenty of nascar content out there if, if you want to hear about nascar so. right exactly exactly <laughs> so um, but monaco i mean you know, Monaco was Monaco. So. Yeah, Monaco when Lewis got his groove back. Right. Um, yeah. It was it was it was really good for Monaco and uh, not so good for for Nico, but great for great for Lewis. 
jumped him right back up into into the hunt for uh, the championship. But I think he kind of got lost in all the wi- all the consecutive wins that Nico had earlier. For the most part, Hamilton was finishing second. Right. So he wasn't exactly uh, dogging it back there. He no, had I he mean, had he's been a relatively, great season. He had, he had a lot of bad luck in qualifying mechanical issues and he did have a couple of bad races that were kind of mm-hmm. on him he went from pole to to like 10th on the first lap in australia right. and we had to fight back from that so you know some things he could have done better but he was he was getting plenty of points for the most part so uh that really you know brightened things up for him in the championship anyway hopefully it'll be it'll be competitive throughout. And, and Monaco seems like the type of event where it's not even about being there to watch the race. It's just about being there to take it all in. One of those type of events. Yeah. I mean, you want to watch the race, but you also want somebody else to pay for you to watch the race because just the tickets and finding a hotel room. And, and unless you're like, you have the mystical mind of Bill Caswell and you could find and sleep in a car in a parking garage, which is a fantastic story about attending Monaco. Monaco seems bananas. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Go nuts. It's yeah, fantastic. Right. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, you, you know, thing with racing, if you really want to follow the race, yeah. it's always easier to do that on TV. From home. But, <laughs> but, uh, Monaco, the atmosphere there is, you know, it really is like nothing else. People talk about, oh, this race is the Monaco of the West. This race is yeah, Monaco of the East. Sure. There's, there, there's no, there's no, no Monaco of anything else. I've there's tried to Monaco. describe Lemon's races as that, but it never sticks. Um, <clears throat> so... We, we've had the Indy 500 we missed. We had F1 at, up at Monaco. But the, the big one that we that is relevant was Le Mans. Yes. Le Mans. Le Mans, the greatest race uh, that they do in France, at least. Yeah. And uh, it, was, it was a hell of a race this Wait, year. Wait, before we go into that, do you think it's the greatest race? What do you think should be crowned the greatest race? Um... I think, I th- I think it's, you could reasonably say that it's the greatest race. It's definitely the greatest sports car race in the world today um and historically it's definitely the greatest sports car race but you, you know endurance racing isn't for everyone sure so no, no, but, know, but there so so i can understand somebody like i can understand the case for the indy 500 being the greatest race uh, although gotcha. indy 500 today is not what it was at its peak whereas uh le mans is really in a renaissance right now see so. i've I, I i've heard someone uh who described le mans as a great race to attend and and soak it all in, but the actual great race should be the Nurburgring, N twenty four. That's what this person said. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's fine. Lamar, but uh, Lamar has the history. That, 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 Lamar, that's I mean, a take, but uh, but Lamar is the biggie. Okay, Lamar is the biggie, no doubt about it. And this year was, I mean, this year was insane. It was insane. This year was insane. So, I mean, the big headline. Is that Toyota? Yep, failed to win. I on never the last thought. I, I tweeted this out the next morning because I was going to wake up for the 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 finish, and then I just didn't because I have a I have a young child, and <laughs> even though she sleeps very well, um, but you were probably just you were probably already up. <laughs> I, I wasn't already already up. I watched a lot of it, yeah. but I can never catch. I never catch the finish. It's helpful that it's on coast. Father's Day. We're like, what do you want to do? Want to watch this fucking race? Good, happy Father's Day. <laughs> um, so that's get used to that in the future. Yeah. Not that not that your your lovely wife wouldn't let you watch the race anyway. But the um, yeah. So I woke up and he, and I saw all this the heartbreaking news about Toyota and I you know I sent a tweet out. I was like, when did you ever think you'd feel bad for Toyota about anything? Like, 
I, I mean, I, I have to say, Toyota is. They're they're not new with this. They've been trying. They, they've been trying uh, sporadically, not nonstop, but, but they've been trying to win Le Mans for thirty years, right. and they've had really, really top quality efforts several times, and they haven't been able to pull it off. And it isn't because it isn't for lack of trying. Like they've had the fastest car and not been able to close the deal three times now at right. least um going back to uh to the late 90s with their uh the gt1 car i don't i don't think the group c car was ever really the ever really had uh had the dominant pace um but regardless it's been heartbreak not just once this year but two times three times now and it doesn't get any worse than having failure on the last lap. It's coming, crazy coming coming to the line at the last what, lap. What three minutes left or something like that? And and then the, and then and then the car stopping at the start finish. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, and 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 not to be lost in all that. I mean, Porsche was right there, but the whole race this wasn't this wasn't Porsche going laps down and clawing their way back. No, up. these guys were racing hard. They were right. separated by seconds for twenty four hours. Which is insane. I mean, even if that in itself is is nuts yeah nuts in a race and every case. time every time I, I i i checked back in um because they were streaming it on the fox sports go app that's how i was watching it every time i checked in the announcers you could they were they were so surprised but by the pace how hard all the teams were going because this was earlier in the race and they were just radio Le Mans was also just super pumped on how hard everyone was going they were shocked at the level um of competition, not the level of competition, but how aggressive everyone was from start to finish. Absolutely, especially considering that these aren't cars that they've been running for five years that are really, really reliable and well developed. This is a new car from Toyota. This is a car that's had reliability issues from Porsche, although it's it's not all new for this year, right. I, I believe. But they've uh, they went back to their 2015 uh, battery system for mm. for Le Mans because of their unreliability. All new car from Audi and. The the amount of uh, reliability for them to be that close, running that hard for twenty four hours, is just absolutely obscene. These cars are the highest tech cars in the world, and uh, they were pushing them throughout, without a doubt. But Toyota's uh, Toyota strategy is uh, another win for Porsche, extending their lead in uh, <laughs> in the all time ra- ra- rankings. But um, and, uh, and and Toyota had the right move too because Porsche was doing every thirteen laps they were coming in. Uh, Toyota was like, we have to do every fourteen, and they were sticking to it, and it was working. And then just yeah, Toyota had it until it slipped through their fingers. Now in the GTE class, Ford pulled off the big win. Ford pulled off the big win. Ford paid off the big win. Well. I, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Ford, um, for those who haven't followed it, um, Ford and Ferrari came out this this past week when it was actually race week, and they had massive performance over. I'm asking Duncan to find the. There it is. Yep, that thing. <laughs> they had a the massive massive performance advantage over <laughs> yeah, Corvette, let's, Aston, let's and Porsche. right. Let's actually just dive straight into that shit because that was that was the big topic: is the the balance of power. Um, Everybody claimed Ford sandbagged it, and they did because then they were what four oh, yeah. seconds yeah. faster. No, they, they, yeah, Por- Porsche thought they had a very, very fast car at the test two weeks ago, um, and when they went into race week and they went into qualifying, they picked up a half second, I believe, and they were really happy with that. And Ford picked up four, four seconds, four, 
And yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. And Ferrari picked up yeah, some the, too. Yeah, the, the Ford guys and the Ferrari guys uh, played the game and sandbagged. And they actually got a mild performance Very boost mild. for the race. Yeah, but then like right before they got hit with yes. a weight penalty. Yes, that's right. Some, some of the BOP adjustment they received was taken back. For the actual race between qualifying and the they race. They must have been shitting themselves when they got them. They were like, these motherfuckers aren't paying attention. <laughs> um, so so I, I know we all, at least I can't say we all, but as Americans, it would be great to see the Ford GTs recreate what they did all those years ago. And no offense, not you don't drive for them anymore, but I'm always happy to see a Ford GT beat a Ferrari. No offense. But to just take it out of... To, to to blow the, the balance of power so far out of whack that Aston Martin and Chevrolet and and, and Porsche just can't even compete, that sucks. I mean, that's not fun for anybody. Yeah, it's it's problematic. And nobody likes to see it except when they are the ones who are, who are of at course. the top. And the thing with BOP is that you don't have a truly, truly equitable playing field all the time. It's really hard to achieve that. And... There's, generally speaking, always somebody who's going to have a little bit of an edge. Sure. This was too much. This was way too much. This was too much. much. Ford, Ford and Ferrari. <laughs> we can't forget about Ferrari because Ferrari was nearly as egregious in, in the uh, advantage they had over the rest of the pack. If you um, went into a race and you knew, your whole team knew that you just had no shot. I mean, that, it, and you're building up and it's your dream to drive Le Mans and you're there and then you're like, oh, well, I guess I guess they want to see Ford win it this year and Ferrari, you know, maybe that would just suck, suck. And the boys at Chevrolet are big boys. The boys at Porsche are big boys. The boys at Aston Martin are big boys. But, I mean, they made the guy from Porsche cry. (laughs) That sucks. They made the guy from Porsche cry when they announced the BOP stuff. And Germans don't fucking cry. I don't know if he's German or not, but I'm assuming he is because he works for Porsche. That's, I mean, that's really, really shitty. And it's stuff like that that I think could – it upsets the hardcore fans, but they understand. They're never going to not watch Le Mans. For the casual fans who you're trying to turn on and you're trying to explain it to them, like that would be like, oh, that seems kind of like cheating. Right, it does. But and I'm sure doing BOP adjustments is extremely difficult, but it was just fucking jacked this time. Well, it's it's not a, it's not a job I'd want to have. No, having to do the BOP. Um, because Welcome you're, to you're, scrutineering. You're always going to be the most unpopular. Well, really, it would be really popular when people are lobbying right. you nicely, or really unpopular after everybody but the guy on that top. guy's now the, the head of that is now fifth on the list for the new GT. Yeah, and, <laughs> and and I mean to be fair, like I've I've been on the other side of lobbying for BOP, and it sucks. Yeah, nobody likes doing it, but it's the reality of sports car racing. Yep, every every class has some level of BOP involved. Um, and every GT class that's anywhere in the world is yeah. basically all BOP. Anything that's not a spec series, exact, right? Pretty much. I the the prototype rank is, the pro- prototype classes are a little bit different, but in terms of uh, GT cars, I mean you can't have the variety of GT cars you have of racing each other racing against each other without BOP. Yeah, it Volvos were doing well at, at Pirelli World or um, was it Pirelli World Challenge? A few years ago. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, I think it was Randy Popes was driving then. Was he on the team then? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But those cars, 
even then, they had a slight advantage because they had all-wheel drive off the line, right? They Something had all-wheel like that. drive. They had turbos. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, but, but you're mixing that with so many different cars. But, yeah, that's, but that's what is supposed to make GT racing so exciting. But there should be – the cars should all be balanced. But seeing the different cars is, is what I think makes it exciting so that the person who has a Volvo S60 Polestar in their garage or a Corvette or the Cadillac ATS-V or the, you know, all those different cars, like, no. So you're at a Cars and Coffee the next day and someone pulls up with a V12 Vantage and somebody else pulls in with a Volvo S60. Like, oh, I got you last week at, at Long yeah, Beach. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, what's, that's why that shit's so much fun. So, But I think the... Besides the sadness of Toyota losing, besides – and granted, it, it, it is nice to see four GTs winning at Le Mans. I just wish it maybe was a little bit more exciting in that class. Um, I think one of the best stories, though, is uh, the Garage 56. Yes. Frederick Sausse. I, th- I believe think so. that's close. I'm, I'm not great with names. One of the British Radio <laughs> Le Mans guys called him Saucier and then immediately corrected it. Um, um, that I mean, that's fantastic. An amazing story. A quadruple amputee who was driving. If for people who don't know, Garage 56 is basically uh, an honorary entry at Le Mans. They, have, they officially always had 55 entries, and Garage 56 was for experimental cars, new technology, and there wasn't cars. Delta every Wing. Year. Think Delta Wing. The Delta Wing first was in there, there. The electric uh, uh, Nissan. Uh, Ziad, electric, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, electric RC, Delta Zion, Wing, basically. Yeah, the other Delta Wing. Yeah, right. there have been different things over the years. And this year was this, um, uh, I believe it was a Morgan, um, not the wooden kind. Uh, oh. <laughs> a Morgan P2 car outfitted for this guy's, for, for Fred Stintz, with controls to allow him, quadruple amputee, to drive in the 24 hours of Le Mans. And he did it. Finished. Finished. Did an amazing job. And... Uh, it and was, they said his pace. They said his pace wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there, there's no doubt he wasn't, you know, competing for at right. the front of the group. No. But it, they also had to sort of change out a lot of components oh, God. on the Just car to get every him time in and out of the car change. was amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah the pole the, with the straps, and they got, lifted him up, and they got him in and out quick. Oh, they, yeah. <laughs> they they had it down, no doubt about it. But he did an astonishing good job. Yeah, an incredible story, and you know, literally. He got to uh, realize this dream and do it in uh, and he's, the most dramatic of fashion. And I, I know he drove a bunch, but did he also start and finish? Did he take the green and the checker? I honestly don't know if he started. Yeah. I think I believe he took the finish, but okay. I'm not, I know he took I'm the not finish. Sure. I'm not sure. Um, that's I mean that's fun that they do the, the not fun. It's it's amazing that they do the Garage Fifty Six stuff. So cars like that can get in there. And he was a, a race car driver before, and then he got afflicted with something, right? I think so. I, I mean, I, I would assume he had some sort of background in this. Not like he was just a couch potato who had a shit cut off. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to go race Le Mans. I think he was a race car driver before. So we'll have to look into that. I'm assuming. Um, so, so coming up on the motorsports calendar, we have some actually some pretty exciting shit, especially for IndyCar. Yes, IndyCar. Some IndyCar drivers are having the best week you could ever have right. because uh, a bunch of them went and tested today at uh today and, today and yesterday i think at watkins Glen, where they're going back to uh this uh the september it's all new pavement up there it's supposed to be smooth as can be um the onboard looks incredible and i think they're already like five seconds under the lap record and in qualifying they are going to go faster still um it's one of the most amazing tracks we have in north america 
Um, and I'll, I'll put it up there against anything in South America too. Yeah. And it's going to be an incredible race. So not everybody got to test, but everybody is going to go and race Road America this weekend in Elkhart, Elkhart Lake, which is my favorite track. Uh, in A lot the of US. people say that. Yeah. It basically, it, basically, people say Road America, Watkins Glen, and some people say like VIR or Road Atlanta, but basically you got those two that are gunning for most people's affection. Huh. And it's if there's one road course that IndyCar should be at, it's Road America. It is it's not just a great track, but it's an incredible venue and I'm intensely, intensely, intensely jealous that <laughs> that I won't be there. Yeah, um, even just to take it in. Right. But I, I the word is they've got like a hundred thousand ticket sale. Uh, wow. Pre- tickets pre-sold so far. That's great for them. But uh, if if you're in the area and you don't go, have a ticket, go, go, <laughs> do it. It's going to be spectacular. I and watched an onboard with uh, Graham Rahal ripping around. Oh yes, the uh, the steering wheel onboard. Yeah, <laughs> where, uh, where you can't see great. Out. But still, just to see. Um, I love the big, the little, like, quick shift. The shift pops up. And uh, how I, I was amazed at how quickly that car goes from sixth to second. Boo, 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 boo. Gone. Next corner. It, um, it, was, a, it was a cool ride along. Um, so Road America, I've never driven that track. I really, really want to drive that track. And IndyCar Zero must be wild. It, it's going to be spectacular. Probably Royal Challenge will be there as well. Um, we had uh, – an okay show there last year <laughs> it'll, it'll be better this what year, happened though. last year um last year we did three races because we had a makeup round from detroit that got rained out when we were uh, at detroit and we on the three standing starts we went to yellow on every start because Jeez. on every start somebody stalled and uh, and people had to take to the grass and and that creates a yellow right away yeah that's the way uh, world challenge was doing it if somebody stalls it's an automatic yellow and uh, they try and sort out all the people who pass under yellow but it doesn't really work that seems crazy to me uh yeah well it's one of the reasons why in gt we don't do standing starts anymore (laughs) (laughs) um that but the passing under yellow on the start of a race, that that would be difficult. I mean, you must have people screaming, "Yellow, yellow! Someone stalled!" Like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that doesn't seem fun. Um, so, let's talk Formula One. Baku, Baku, yes, Baccarat. the 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 European Grand Prix, and not in Europe, not in Europe, not not even really that close to Europe. Nope. I, I think a, a pretty good like eight hundred miles, thousand miles. Like yeah, like from, the closest border was Europe. like somewhere in Turkey, I think. Yeah, but. Um, First F1 race in Baku. They've done some GT racing uh, through the uh, the Blancpain series in the, la- in the last few years. I think they took last year off, but a very interesting track. Um, really long, one of the longest street courses in the world, 3.7 miles. Wow. 20 turns. So I didn't watch it at all. So I, I'm just hearing all this. I didn't, I didn't read up on it. Um, 3.7 miles. 3.7 miles, and it's sort of a two tracks almost – put into one because you have the first half of the track which is basically all well it, it's basically standard 90 degree corners fa- very fast straights the front straight has the same sort of top speed as monza whoa like i think we saw 230 there Jesus. in qualifying it's ridiculously fast uh but then you have sort of standard street course 90 degree corners and then you get into what they call the old city which is literally looping around the city from 800, 900, or I guess 1232 is when the castle was built. Ah, yes. So, yeah, 800 years ago. And 
that is full of elevation change and just incredibly tight streets and it is absolutely nuts and the end of the lap opens up through these flat out absolutely flat out like kinks yeah still on the street course still no runoff um but like fifth sixth seventh gear kinks jesus it looks absolutely nuts there's definitely not the normal f1 level of safety standard yeah or you know several rungs below that level of safety standard (laughs) but but it went so was it the first one that was really exciting in a while (laughs) (laughs) well the the race itself was not necessarily a classic but everybody everybody kind of made it out um but the drivers at first were definitely grumbling about Hey, you know this is a big step back. This is sketchy like, as shit. Racing here, but really. Once they were actually driving it, a lot of drivers said, "This is fantastic. <laughs> you know, this is a great challenge. I'm really enjoying it." Now, it can be, it could be a step backwards and a mistake to race there and be a lot of fun. They yeah. are mutually exclusive. Right, right, right. Um, that's interesting. Uh, so, who came? Up, uh, Rosberg took the pick, right? Yeah, Rosberg had the perfect weekend. Hamilton uh, struggled in qualifying crashed in q3 so i had to start mid-pack rosberg started on pole and was really just unchallenged throughout pole fastest lap i believe and one going away wow absolutely no trouble there whatsoever um and the the mercedes cars were like significantly ahead right the faster per lap like a second yeah no nobody nobody had the pace to outright challenge them um but there was some pretty good stuff a little bit further back. And for me, the story of the race, uh, well, the flip side of the Nico story is Hamilton, who started 10th and struggled with some car settings in the middle of the race. Basically, the car got switched into some sort of low-power mode, and because of the F1 coaching radio regulations, his engineers weren't allowed to tell him what to do to correct the problem. Oh. So he, he fiddled with things, fiddled with things. And wound up uh, finishing sort of in the middle of the points, but not where he needed to be. So it was not a, not a maximum points weekend for Mercedes. Uh, but for me, other than Hamilton's disappointment, the story of the weekend is uh, Sergio Perez, who crashed in free practice three and had to change his gearbox because of it. So he, su- he had to suffer a, a grid, play- I think, three grid place penalty um, for the start. And was an all-star in qualifying and drove it up uh, to a third-place finish. Wow. He is just doing amazing things yet again with uh, his Force India. And maybe he will get another shot with one of the big boys. That'd be nice. It would be nice. He, he got, got the axe after one year at McLaren. He and, uh, and the team and he and Jensen didn't quite see eye-to-eye on things. Right. But I thought he acquitted himself pretty well there. And I definitely think he uh, could get another go. Um, I'm going to, I posted, um, that we're recording tonight. So we're going to dive into some questions from, uh, listeners. I say readers, but it's listeners. <clears throat> uh, cars and cactus asks Ford GT. That noise is so plain. Do you think Le Mans victory matters in terms of Monday sales? Not for the Ford GT. No, no. I, I, sold. I, it's going to make Ford GT owners happier. Sure. But sure. Yeah. They also don't care that, uh, the car sounds like garbage. Yeah. Uh, FS1 or FS2, which channel is the damn race on? That's funny. Uh, Nick G asks, Subaru on the Isle of Man. Others in the future? Nope. Uh, you, you'll most likely never see other cars there. I mean, maybe. Uh, Subaru's got it on lock, 
and it, it they had to really work to get it. Um, and you'll never see a car race there because this past Isle of Man TT had seven deaths. I think only two or three of those were riders. The other ones were spectators. And I asked about this when I was there uh, two TTs ago. Why don't we do cars here? You know, And, and they said, uh, well, if the bike goes off, the guy, di- the rider dies, and maybe one or two people die. If a car goes off, forty people are dead. I'm like, that's that's yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, that, that's an equation. But it's no, group no B, car maker wants to. Yeah, it's be group B esque. Uh, if the damage that would happen. Um, Josh Ostrander writes Formula D drama from New Jersey. Go. So I have to rewatch this. Um, apparently, there's some some shit went down between Forrest Wang and Chris Forsberg where. Uh, Forrest Wang basically parked his car in the finale. Forsberg hit him. I got to rewatch it. I haven't had time to watch it, um, so I don't know. I just know that my friends from Maximum Drift Cask, uh, Paco Ibarra, Sam Nalvin, and uh, Corey Hosford, who have a, a podcast, a video podcast where they focus on drifting, they got into it. So go watch that and listen to that. Uh, Wood Heron asks, what is Duncan's opinion of GRC? Uh, it seems like it would be fun it seems fine i i think um i i think it still needs to catch on a bit we'll see it's great it's great for uh great for short tv blocks yeah yeah that's true it is good for short tv blocks i i it would be fun if it catches on um and Tanner's crushing it this year, I think. Uh, Wildis Roche, I, I don't know how to pronounce your last name, Will. I'm, I apologize. Uh, the obvious question, how does Mr. Indy feel about the results of 24-hour Le Mans? We covered that. Baku, we covered that. They, he asked, Cars and Cactus says, why was the race so boring? They thought the race was boring. Um, it was boring because it's normal for F1 races to be boring. Right. F- because is- when It's boring because fast cars qualified near the front. And if fast cars start in front of slow cars, right. then it's going to be boring. Yep. Uh, here's an interesting question from Will. Does Mr. Indy have any experience with the NHRA or any other drag racing series? Um, I used to drive for a team owner who was a drag racer in his, <laughs> uh, in his younger days. But uh, other than, you know, the ground shaking. Uh, <laughs> Before he was married, he dated <laughs> Courtney Force. Um, all right. Cars and Cactus asks, front-wheel drive setup, soft nose, stiff rear, or throw a few bags of concrete in the trunk for corner balance? <laughs> That's an interesting question. That's more of like a regular Hooniverse podcast. Uh, front-wheel drive setup. The best setup is to get a rear-wheel drive car. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd say, save, save the concrete for uh, the wakeboard. But... Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> uh, Ryan Kelly asks, how are the treehouse brews? Hold on. Oh, is that that box in the corner? Oh, shit. I think that's for me. Uh, I literally just looked over in the corner of the office, and there's a giant. Let me just go check real quick. Duncan, babble into the mic. Hold on. So, uh, no, it's not for me. It's not for him. Sorry, guys. I, I think the TST crew might have drank the beer you sent. Let me double check in the fridge. It's a scandal. Yeah, it's a scandal. I think- I think the TST crew drank that beer. You got to send it to my home address. So, um, and then it says, and tell Matt Farah if he's in Palmer tomorrow to get some. It is a can only day tomorrow. Uh, I yeah, he's at Palmer Motorsports. <clears throat> also to keep it car related, I am in a pickle. I have a 2014 TDI wagon for a daily. Good car. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen to this car due to emission scandal. I hadn't heard about that. Uh, what other cars do you recommend for replacement? I drive an average of forty to fifty thousand. 
Oh, I am drinking other beer. That's why I'm perfect. 40 to 50,000 miles a year, and I need the room for my tool bags and cooler for New England beer runs. It is not my only car. I have the weekend toys. Front wheel drive is fine. I always run snows. Rear wheel drive would also be fine. Uh, used under 20,000 would be best. Interesting question. Not motorsports related, but um, this is the race recap, Ryan. Um, oh, somebody replied. Let's see what somebody said to that. Uh, someone said Mazda Speed 3. I don't. I actually don't love the Mazda Speed 3. Um, I would just see if you can find another uh, TDI wagon um, that seems to fit the bill for you right there. Yeah. Go for it. That would be great. Although, I like a Mazda 3. Mazda Speed 3, don't need the speed. Right. The Mazda, th- Mazda 3 wagon is superb. The funny thing about Mazdas, because I'm driving a CX-9 this week, the funny thing about Mazdas is when you're in a normal one, you're like, oh, I could use a little bit more power. But when it gets more power, you're like, this is too much power. I never liked driving a Mazda Speed 3. It was it was the definition of torque steer. The yeah. regular Mazda 3 was great. I liked Mazda 2s, but so maybe you shouldn't. Um, ask about that. And then our own Bradley Brownell asks, how do you feel about Ford's win, which we also covered uh, I'm going to see if anybody asked any questions on Twitter because I posted there as well. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of what other vehicles you could get though for un- like 20 and under. Um, <clears throat> maybe you could, no, you don't want to buy anything old and German cause that's just, especially if you use it for work and stuff. Uh, this is a good question. Kevin S asks, which race series is the best drive, best to drive in, but horrible to watch and vice versa. Um, Whatever's on Fox Sports. Yeah. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, yeah. Personally, I don't like watching NASCAR other than the Watkins Glen races, which are always superb. But, um, like, it's it's the top here in the U.S. It would be incredible to race in. Those, be, guys, are, those guys are all ace. It would probably be amazing to be in those cars, yeah. But I can't watch it. It puts me to sleep. So that would be incredible to actually do. But, yeah, not, not my cup of tea as a spectator. Right. Which would be the best to dr- – uh, that's what we just said. Now, which – vice versa, uh, which would be the best to watch but actually shitty to drive? Um, F1 Baku, maybe? <laughs> no, because nobody it's, liked it. it, it well, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. I, I, I suppose um, I suppose that would be a, a NASCAR road course race if you're in, in a junk car in the back with no brakes. Yeah. But it'll be really uh, I mean, good to watch. Because anything, anytime you're – there's no bad one to race in. Like if you're racing, you're doing what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. It's only you're, it's only, it's only bad if you're in something that's junk that weekend. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but that, that's a transient thing. The ser- All the series are great it's relative. to race in right. if you know, you're out there and you're getting after it. Yeah. Um, Words by Tag on Twitter asks, please ask Duncan if he has any ideas about how politics and OEM money can be deconflicted with BOP decisions. That is an actual professional question. That's a very good question. <laughs> I, I think that – I'm not a tinfoil hat guy. I don't think that OEM money is directly influencing the BOP decisions as much as some people sure. are, are putting out there. Um, I think – the, I, I think the way you have to do BOP, though, is you have to have an independent test um, at the beginning of the season to establish how you're going to do it. And you, you can't be as reactionary as some people run their show. Um, I think the SRO who, who, and the FIA, who basically take care of the GT3 cars, do a really good job with a massively diverse sort of field of field of cars. Right. Um, 
it's it's a really hard job to do. I, but as far as getting rid of the OEM conflict, like you just have to have an event big enough that they need you more than you need them. Like, sure, you know, if you had the biggest sports car race in the world, that might that might do it. Yeah, yeah. If you still have a conflict, then that's that. That's not you know that's not BOP's problem. That's just like a corruption or incompetency yeah. problem, or, right. or or you know somebody who just wants to run the show the way they want to run the show, which right. is fine too. Yep. Works, works for WWE, they're really successful <clears throat> and F one. Um, anything coming up that you can talk about that might see you back in a seat anytime soon? Uh, things are looking uh, things are looking a little thin for this summer, but I've uh, I've got some stuff I'm working on for uh, August and September. Okay, and uh, hopefully I'll have an announcement soon. Good, nice. You know, we we are as we co-host this race recap. We're also fans of you, and we want to see you back out there. Um, now, on my front, just because we're winding down here, um, uh, I've got a Jag XE. I just drove the Jag XE. That video review is coming out tomorrow. I drove the Jag F-Pace. That video is coming out soon. I got to do hot weather testing with Aston Martin and their DB11, which was awesome because no automaker ever lets you see their car in that condition. And it was hot as fuck because who lives in Phoenix? Um, and then we got a lot more coming on the YouTube channel soon. And then I'm also off to – well, but – so you're listening to this on a Wednesday. We're recording on a Tuesday. Uh, I My flight leaves from L.A. to England for Goodwood. I'm going to the Goodwood Festival of Speed. I'm going to have a jolly good time. And my goal is to not duplicate the Scotland episode of the Hooniverse podcast, even though some of you would love to hear that. But there's a chance I will. <clears throat> Duncan, tell everybody where they can see you or find you on social media. I am at Duncan Indy on Twitter and Instagram. And it's E-N-D-E. Yeah, just like it says on the page. This is the N-D. There you go. Um, and then I, uh, Hooniverse Jeff on Instagram, at Jay Glucker on Twitter. Also follow at the Hooniverse. Please don't forget to go to uh, iTunes to rate and review this podcast. Also, we crossed the 25,000 subscriber mark on our YouTube channel, which is fucking fantastic. Thank you for that. Chris, earlier today, just recorded a great episode of the Hooniverse podcast with Ken from Mountain and Carlos Lago back with Motor Trends, so that'll be out very soon. I am going to record a podcast from Goodwood, I promise. No no promises on the length or the quality or the sobriety or, you know, integrity or morals or ethics or any of that on that specific episode. So stay tuned for that because that should be fun. Uh, but for now, this is... Us getting caught up on racing, and we will be back soon with another race recap when I am back in the country, which will be next week, and Duncan is not feeding his young child. Cheers. I mean, he does. He, he just pulls the milk bottle. He doesn't actually feed the child. That's the mom's job. Well, I'm, uh, I'm working on that. All right. Well, yeah. good. I mean, you, you have been out of a car seat for a while, so yeah. it's, you're, now you're starting to look like me. That's I'm not a supportive true. modern I mean, dad. There you go. You get the, the bro. Um, all right. Peace out. <laughs>